Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I'll be interviewing Penny Reeves of Graymore Farm. Penny is an all-around Renaissance woman in the horse world. She is a multidiscipline show competitor, teacher, and trainer. Plus, she used to own a pony named Pinto Bean, which is probably the best name ever. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Okay, well, we have Penny from Graymar Farm here. And Penny, welcome to, Thank the, you. to the Horsewise podcast. Thank you. And uh, if you could just start out and sort of tell our listeners who you are and what you do and why you love horses, why you work with horses. So I have been a horse crazy kid my whole life. I'm the bigger version, older, bigger version of that kid. <laughs> but I uh, grew up, you know, with the, the Westerns on TV. This is going to date me. I grew up with the Westerns on TV and... Um, I think National Velvet was my huge, I mean, huge influence. And I can remember my thing was I'd take a dish towel from the kitchen in the house and put it in the back of my pants. And I, it's sounding really <laughs> weird already. And I'd go outside and I'd tip over the picnic benches in the picnic uh, uh, table and I'd pretend to be a horse jumping. Wow. So um, in all of my toys, there was not a doll to be found. It was all little cowboys and Indian horses and little western villages and little so I grew up to as a horse crazy kid got my first horse which was a very green broke Tennessee walking horse uh, that I'd saved up some money and mom and dad helped to buy it for like $400 which was a lot back then and um, just played cowboys and Indians with the kids that had the horses at the same place that we had my horses no formal instruction no training no showing just Fun, and how fun old with were horses. You with that first horse. Uh, with the first horse, I was uh, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where was this? This was in Springfield, Missouri. Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. How cool! You yeah. got that right off. So the bat. it was just it was a great experience, and you know, it's I look back now, and it's a wonder that I survived those years. <laughs> as many things as we did now that I look and now watch with the kids here at Graymore and go, oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, trust me on this. It's like seatbelt in the car now. I can't get in a car without the seatbelt on. And with, I can't get on a horse without my helmet on. Um, but it was fantastic because it was my love. Yeah. It was just, not only was I wanting to be a horse, I wanted to ride horses. I wanted to have everything to do with horses. And, and didn't get, uh, and I owned horses um, up until I left for college, obviously didn't own a horse when I was in college, which moved me to Texas. The college moved me to Texas. And then as soon as I graduated from college, I bought my horse again. So I had a job. I was gainfully employed so I could, uh, could have a horse. And then when I moved down to Austin, brought my, uh, had horses here in Austin, then got married and had kids and didn't have time for horses. And um, until a friend of mine, this is really getting into be a long story here. This is, <laughs> this this. is the best part. Until a friend of mine, very dear friend of mine from college, her daughter was riding at a stable. And my kids, my kids were probably um, five and six. And she said, you know, my daughter is taking riding lessons. I wonder if your daughter want to come out and see about taking riding lessons. It was at a local hunter-jumper barn. And I went, well, let me ask her. And so I asked ask her and she said sure and my son said well can I ride too and as a horse crazy older kid who's now a mom I went yes you have them hooked now I this like is your it. opening to get back so, yes so that was my first instruction was over fences wow uh, riding English that. and over fences and um, we had a blast and we took lessons for a number of years 
Um, and at some point we said, okay, with this instructor, we're gonna go out and try to find a horse. So we got a little black and white paint horse named Pinto Bean. Wow. Who was a rope horse that we were gonna teach him to jump. And, and we did, but it also introduced us because Pinto Bean had some issues. We did not know that when we bought Pinto Bean because I rode him with a lead rope halter in a park in Austin, liked him so much I bought him. Right. You know, <laughs> that, that complex analysis yeah. you went through. Right? <laughs> well, we've learned. Um, and, and Pinto Bean, though, opened the door to the whole natural horsemanship thing. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. how you, rather than breaking a horse, how you look at the psychology of why a horse is behaving the way it behaves and what in its past or what physical problems may it have that create the horse you've got today mm -hmm. um, and how do you resolve those issues so that opened that was like oh this is fascinating I love this at the time that was going on I was also um, I had been in radio for a number of years but I owned a health club mm -hmm. and uh, was a fitness instructor and a personal trainer loved I loved taking humans who were what I called adult survivors of gym class because I was an adult survivor. <laughs> I was the too. run to the litter, couldn't do anything, was not athletic at all. And I it's hard loved, to imagine. It, I know, and it may, yeah. it, I mean, we can start things at, at an older age. And love taking people who didn't think they could do something and giving them that, that confidence and that skill that they had locked inside of them all the time right. to be able to do things uh, physically yep. that improve their their health, their well-being, their quality of life, their quality of life, ambition, um, yeah. energy. So that that was kind of all going on. Well, we had Pinto Bean, and we came out here. So the kids came out here to a camp, a Western uh, summer riding camp, and we had one horse we were sharing. So we bought another horse for, for Maddie to ride named Strawberry. So we had Strawberry and Pinto, Pinto Bean. Bean. We had kind of had a, had a food thing going here. And, major, uh, major food major groups. Major food groups, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Got my beans, got my fruit. <laughs> yeah. And, and started doing the Western thing uh -huh. uh, and began Western instruction. And that kind of snowballed from there. The kids got into 4-H. We got into showing paint horses and Pinto horses um, and Strawberry and Pinto Bean were sold at some point to a, a family who had grandkids that needed some really good safe horses and we were buying the more show ready horses mm -hmm. for what we call the Western all around which mm -hmm. it was Western pleasure, Western horsemanship, trail classes, showmanship, and to the English classes, hunter under saddle, hunt seat equitation. Uh, didn't do any jumping at that no. time. My daughter did, but but I didn't do any more jumping. Slow and low is kind of my motto. <laughs> slow um, and low, I like that. <laughs> and I dabble in jumping from time to time. Again, slow mm -hmm. and low. <laughs> you know, if, if physically I'm five one. If physically I can jump the jump, I'll jump it on my horse. Right, right, Otherwise, right. it's out you of the question. You jump it with ease, right? Yeah, I'll do, yeah exactly. <laughs> There's no strain. There's no strain There's in no the suspense. jump. Exactly. <laughs> So, so we, we kind of moved down the, the path into showing and we had moved to Dripping Springs and we had our, our Graymar farm here named after Grayson, my son, and Margaret, my daughter, Graymar. And we had, were involved in 4-H and I was helping the 4-H kids. And it was so fun because the kids would haul in to do lessons in the arena and we'd ride in the arena and they started saying, well, you know, if there was a paddock here, we don't have an arena at our house. If there's a little paddock here where we could keep our horse, it would make it so much easier and the kids could come right after school. And so all of a sudden we began building little <laughs> paddocks and it just, it grew from there. And, That's so um, funny. and, and just it, for the listeners, describe what Graymore Farm is now. So it is a boarding and training facility 
for uh, really every discipline you can imagine, including horses that are retired mm -hmm. and people who just trail ride and love them and love the experience of being around horses. And, and we have a very active, which is fabulous. I have an active group of people that board here um, that come and see their horses really frequently, mm -hmm. like Daily. You know, four to six times a week, mm -hmm. sometimes seven times a week. And it's, it's, it's a family, it's a yeah. community, it's fabulous. And, and from those first paddocks for those first couple of kids, how many horses do you have here now? 50. 50 horses yeah. are boarding, so yeah. that happened pretty it, it quick. Kind of, it kind of, we've been here 20 years, a little over 20 years, so it kind of exploded. Right. Um, and But it's just been, and now, you know, we have one little arena, now we have four arenas, seven riding areas, uh, because we, again, we have an active community. And we have two other trainers. I do the, the Western all around, the ranch kind of mm -hmm. style riding now because I'm loving it. It's forward moving with the horses. I really enjoy it. In addition to the old fashioned Western stuff. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then we have Kim who does our fences and our classical dressage. And Melissa who does, uh, she's like me, has gotten really into Western dressage. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we, it's just awesome. That's it's great. It's really fun. Yeah. And so over time, you have really gone through many different sort of evolutions. Mm -hmm. It started as, you know, pinto bean and strawberry and the kids, and then you slowly kind of got into the Western showing and then 4-H, and then it kind of gradually escalates. And now over time, over the last 20 years, how have things changed? What are you working on now that's different or what's, what's interesting you the most now? What do you focus on now versus you know, when you first started? Definitely Western dressage. Yeah. I think, because that ties in, so owning a health club, and I worked when I was living here in Dripping Springs, and we had Graymar, I was also working at what is now the Springs Family Y. It used to be mm -hmm. called the Springs Fitness Family and Fun Center. <laughs> and I was a trainer and instructor there. Um, and I just want to interject for our listeners that I've actually worked out with Penny, <laughs> and it is impossible to keep up with her. She is amazing, and uh, I've never had such tired quads as when I worked out with you. So I'm just letting everyone know that when she says she was a personal trainer and owned a gym, she was amazing. Oh, so you are so sweet. So back to thank you. you. Thank, <laughs> you. thank you. But I think what I love about dressage, and it's the same with classical or Western. Western just happens to be for more stock type horses mm -hmm. or horses that may do work on ranches. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of a little more breed specific, although there are many breeds that now do Western dressage. But it's personal training for the horse. Mm -hmm. It's nothing more than training the horse to be a better athlete. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're going to do with your horse, dressage training is going to improve their ability to be an athlete. And you know, that just, man, talk, it's horses and fitness and taking, you know, uh, humans and horses that maybe are adult survivors of gym class or horses that are equine survivors of some kind of a specific training discipline. program right. that maybe wasn't there hadn't it hadn't didn't have a foundation in, in the personal training aspect of it right. for the horse and oh, it's just been fantastic to it's opened my eyes it's probably this has probably been back when Lope was doing at High Court was doing yes. the benefit shows at High Court was my first introduction to Western Dressage. I remember that. How long ago has that been? That's been probably like seven, seven years, years six ago, years, something like and that. And you swept, you swept everything. You would come in and I win, was, and every, everybody I was, was like was, the only one of like three people in Western. Yes, so but you swept that. You swept everything. all three of them. <laughs> yeah. You were way ahead. But it was, it was like it just spoke to me. Mm -hmm. It's like combining the best. So, and now what I love to do because I still have people that show in the what we call mm -hmm. the all-around performance all-around 
and uh, people, uh, adults and kids that show in ranch horse, as well as people that show in Western dressage. I like to take that training and apply it to making the horse better at whatever their mm, owner wants sense. to do. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever, whatever we also feel like the horse is suited for. Right. Because I, that's kind of opened my eyes as well. It's like human athletes. Right. There are some athletes that have more fast twitch muscle fibers and they're good for activities right. that require explosive maneuvers. And then there's more slow twitch and they're your endurance athletes. And horses are, are the same way they have more activities or disciplines they're suited for. Right. Um, Physically and mentally, and mentally especially mentally and emotionally. Yeah, yes. I can see yeah. that too. Because in you know, as you mentioned, I work with Lope, which is a racehorse adoption program, and then also with Horsewise, I work with people helping them, with helping all them kinds with, of horses. relationships, yeah. relationships yeah. with different kinds of horses. And what you'll see a lot is that you have a horse, let's say, is physically really well suited to jumping, but the horse prefers to trail ride, and you get to that point where you go, well we really have to take that horse's temperament into account. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, you don't, if you don't pay attention to that and the horse gets more and more unhappy in the discipline, no matter how well suited they are physically, you always run into a brick wall, hopefully mm -hmm. not literally, yeah. you, you do, you where the horse just really kind of shuts down. But if the yeah. horse likes the work, they will even move against their confirmation to develop into it and they're very willing. So that I've always found that really interesting mm -hmm. and, and good Classical dressage, Western dressage, or, or English dressage, it focuses on helping the horse be straight and as balanced as possible, mm -hmm. and that allows the horse mentally to kind of to come forward. Yeah, and to come forward, yeah, and be yeah. happy. Uh -huh. And so I think it's just been a really great development, Western dressage in general. Um, but I agree, it's the same thing. It's, it's just been, in, in the evolution, I keep saying I'm reinventing myself. Uh, you know, what will I be next year or next decade? Um, but it's been the journey. You're never not learning. You're constantly learning. You're yeah. constantly, you know, seeing new ways of, of doing things and going, oh, I like that approach. I mean, you and I were working the other day in the round pen yes. with one of my horses that is having some physical issues now. Right. Um, as well as emotional issues. Which and, are often so linked. Yes. And just I, like in people. Just yeah. like in and. And so, you know, golly, we wish a horse could say, you know, it hurts like right here, press right, right there, that's where it is. Right. And they can't, they yeah. have to show us in other ways. And so it's just been to work with you and, and, and do that has just been like, oh, I love this. Let's do this again. I'm, you know, he, he may not be able to tell me when I touch him right there, that that's where it hurts. But if I start listening to the subtle cues he's giving me, yes. I'll know, I'll start to see Oh, that awareness is, thing is what I find really interesting. Mm. And again, the dressage disciplines do really bring that forward. If you can get the awareness rather than, oh, I just need to get this move. If you look at it, I need to get this frame. Get this forcing frame. this horse into this frame. It's more like yeah. the gymnastic training that goes mm -hmm. into producing a dressage athlete has benefit, like you said, even to horses that will never really be super talented at dressage. And with your horse, Sherman, you know, there's been some tension behind, like mm -hmm. we know there's something going on maybe in the hind end that isn't an obvious lameness, but there's something there. And bless his heart, he's been such a trooper and he, just, so keeps, stoic and he just keeps going and going right. until all of a sudden he went, you know, I've had it. I'm, I'm comfortable here. Yeah. This is really stressing me out a little bit. Right. And it's like, ah, we need, oh, look at this behavior change. Right. This is telling us something. While we have done every lameness exam in the book and cannot find anything that's showing up, there's clearly something not working correctly. You can feel stuff when you ride, you can feel stuff, you can see stuff, but you know, you do the traditional lameness exam and it's like, dang, I just, we're not seeing anything. 
Right. Um, so you can do expensive diagnostics, you know, right. and go spend thousands Soft of tissues, dollars to MRIs. MRIs and stuff like that. But, uh, but sometimes, as with human athletes, rest is the best thing. Right. And then, and because stretching. I do believe it's soft tissue, and then starting back slowly to, um, to build the horse up and maybe changing some of what the horse, you're asking the horse to do. And so. I've noticed, like, in the last couple years that as you've become more and more immersed in Western dressage, you have changed a lot of things that you do with Sherman, and I feel like there's been an awareness level mm -hmm that the Western dressage discipline has brought to you. Not that you would ever ignore Sherman before, but as you started to ask him to do other things, you were realizing, hey, something is not quite right. He doesn't seem happy doing this. He doesn't this. seem happy yeah. doing this, mm -hmm. and that, that was something that you addressed right away. And I think that's so commendable because a lot of people, I think showing's great. I think it really is a terrific way to do something with your horse, to teach the rider and the horse to kind of be straight, do patterns, do something fun together, something focused and purposeful. But if you only are looking at the ribbon, then you miss these other signals. And while the horse may be scoring well enough competitively, as Sherman always performed well in shows, when you're asking them to do something more gymnastic and you feel that mentally they're not as there, mm -hmm. it's so cool that you were able to it's help so, him with that. It's the same thing. I mean, it's so true with humans. Mm -hmm. How many, and I, we, I coached youth sports for a number of years, and how many parents that I see with kids, the kid really wasn't into the sport, right. and the parent was pushing the kid to be into the sport, and um, and it was just, it wasn't, the, you saw the stress with the kid. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with the horses. I mean, it's fine, you know, the kid preferred soccer to basketball, or, or you know, whatever, or whatever preferred playing a piano. Right. I mean, it could be, you know, right. no. it could be something completely, they were drawing or reading a book. Or I they want to draw know. instead of playing basketball. Yeah, and, yeah so it's, so it's um, not that, yeah, okay, Sherman, pick up a paintbrush. <laughs> uh, he, he does not seem like the artistic type, I do have to say. Sherman's artistic type is, ooh, green grass. Let's head down, let's eat. Um, but it's, it's just been, the journey is so, and you know what I love about Western, the Western Dressage Association of America, their slogan is, it's all about the journey. Mm -hmm. And I love that because the journey, yes, there's a goal, but the goal is made up of a lot of little goals and creating this relationship. Matter of fact, the training scale for Western Dressage is a little different than the training scale for classical dressage. Uh, because it focuses first on the rider, mm -hmm. which is the position, the seat, the correct and effective use of the aids, and then it's rhythm, um, and then it goes up the, the normal s scale. But what they look for in the directives when they're judging is a happy horse. That's really cool. Um, you know, d where does the horse, does the horse show tension in its ears and its tail, in its teeth and its eyes? Uh, when you see a horse come down the center line or, or turn right or left at sea, the judge gets a close view. and what is that horse, does the horse like the job or not? Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, you can use elements of Western dressage to train your horse to be more balanced and more supple or right. more rhythmic or whatever, but the horse ain't gonna show Western dressage. No. Because it doesn't like that stuff. No. Uh, and that's something to know. Right. That's something important to know. I believe, I enjoy showing. I still enjoy showing today. Um, and I believe some people enjoy showing. It's a goal. You set yourself a goal and you have steps to reach that goal. But like you said, if the ribbons or the goal itself become a score only, everything, yes. then that's overlooking the journey, which is the relationship and the listening and the, the communication you're developing, which 
is far more, God, when you're my age and have done what I've done, is far more important. I don't even, if I go to a show now, I don't even pick up my ribbons because I don't need a ribbon. Right. It's, it's not, it's, about, it's not about the ribbons anymore. Right. It's about um, the partnership. At this point in the interview, Penny and I launched into a discussion of horsemanship and its impact not only on the horses, but on us, the people who work with the horses. That part of the conversation was so interesting and went into such detail that we've decided to split this interview into two parts. So look out for part two of Penny's interview coming up soon on Horsewise. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day.